Welcome to Hope for the Caregiver. This is Peter Rosenberger. This is the nation's largest show for you as a family caregiver. More than 65 million people right now are caring for a chronically impaired loved one. Maybe it's aging, uh, Alzheimer's, maybe it's a child with special needs. Maybe somebody in your life has an addiction issue, an alcoholism issue. Maybe you're caring for somebody who is dealing with trauma, as in my case. There's all kinds of different scenarios, and there's always a caregiver. How are you feeling? How are you doing? What's going on with you? How are you staying healthy and strong while caring for someone who is not? And that's what this show is all about. Now, in my 35th year as a caregiver, I've learned a few things along the way, most of it the hard way. I am the wily coyote of caregivers. And I've learned, though, that we can live a calmer, healthier, and dare I say it, a more joyful life as we care for someone who is struggling. I'm always on the lookout for books and individuals who can bring some fresh air to some of the darker places of our hearts as we do this. And I came across this particular book from this author. It's Kara Whitney, and the book is called Fields of Grace, Sharing Faith from the Horse Farm. And, you know, I live up here in the Rockies of um, Montana, and Gracie and I, uh, we have you know, horses on the property here, dogs and cats and everything else, and moose and and, and all kinds of things. And uh, so she had me at Sharing Faith from the Horse Farm. That's one of the ways that I get out and just kind of decompress my own heart. And I thought, what a, what a wonderful uh title, what a wonderful concept she's doing. And then I thought of where this book went was, how do we share our faith? How do we we engage with the things of God through this environment of, of animals and, and farms and, and just the, the, the freshness of that? And what can we learn from this? And I, as I explored this further, I just, I just fell in love with this book and this whole concept she's doing. She also wrote a book called Unbridled Faith, that has just amazing work. And so, uh, Kara, I'm glad you, you're you here on the show with you. You had me at Horse Farm. And uh, so thank you for being a part of the show with us today. Yeah. No problem, Peter. Uh, we have a lot in common. I also learn things the hard way. <laughs> Uh, but I uh, and those of you who who don't know this, Kara's husband has been on the show before. But you may have heard the the, the show we did. But he's also known as Larry the Cable Guy, and uh, we just had a marvelous time there. But but Kara and and what she's doing here, sharing her faith and and exploring the things of God, seeing the the poignant lessons that that God allows us to to see all around. You know, Scripture says all creation cries out to the glory of God. And and I thought, as caregivers, we sometimes get so wrapped up in the isolation. That's one of the toughest things we have. And it's important for us to connect to a, to a, to a little bit of fresh air. And and so I I think you uh, will find this book in Kara's voice and her heart uh, very meaningful. Kara, uh, I want to just jump right into this. Tell sure. me about a barnyard horse brawl. And how, what in the world does <laughs> right. that have to do with anything about our weaknesses? So the entire book, Peter, is about sharing uh, our faith. makes people uncomfortable. But there are uh, amazing ways we share our faith every day, some of which we might not even realize uh, that would be in the form of a caregiver, and we can get to that. Uh, I was mentoring a girl, uh, a high school girl, and, you know, I have teenage children myself, and so I can tell them something, uh, but they don't listen. They can walk across the street to the neighbors, and she can tell them the same thing, and they'll listen to her. So I was uh, mentoring the neighbor girl, and, uh, of course, I'm a believer. She would come to me with problems that happened in, in her high school, you know, that whole drama that, uh, that occurs there. And, you know, I would help her walk through those things. Um, the story is about my horse, Orlando, who, uh, he, man, he's the sweetest horse. He is a caregiver. Um, he takes care of people spiritually. Like um, there was a little girl whose grandma passed away, and and uh, he was caring for her by letting her brush him. Um, he was repairing her heart. But this same horse 
cannot be around other horses, or he literally will try to kill them. And and uh, I tried to work that out of them, but as the chapter goes, uh, ultimately he tries to kill one of my other horses named Oaken. And uh, being the rough and tumble farm girl that I am, of course, I get on the manure spreader. I have to separate these two horses. And my mouth uh, reverts back to what it used to say before I knew the Lord, this tapestry <laughs> of, of cuss words. And, you know, this manure spreader is airborne. It was quite the scene. And I, I did end up able to separate them, but then realized that I was, I was standing in front of this teenage girl that I was mentoring, like she saw this terrible side of me, much like my horse Orlando can be so sweet, but then also uh, revert to this Jekyll and Hyde type personality. And so, but I'm still able to witness that I can't, I can't be discouraged by that. You know, you go back to learning the hard way. I'm going to apologize for this. Uh, I'm not going to lose my witness over it by apologizing, talking to her about it like, wow, I can't really believe I reverted back to that. So that's the, that first chapter opening up. And I correlate it with the word evangelism, how, how we hear the word evangelism and we just, we're kind of taken back by it because we've been hurt by Christians too that, you know, try to thump us up upside the head with Bibles and, and use, you know, God's Word as a weapon against us, when really we should be reaching out in loving ways. We should be admitting our shortcomings and saying, I can do better than this because Jesus. So that, that Peter, is what that chapter is about. Well, I love that. And, and we have, you know, I think all of us, and, and so many of my audience has struggled with this because people will come up and use the Word of God like a sledgehammer on them. And, you know, if you had enough faith, then God would heal your loved one or what, you know, all that kind of stuff. Gracie and I've heard all of that kind of stuff. My audience has heard that. And so I thought, how do we speak clearly into this and just be with people? Let them know that, you know, God is moving in this all around. And and by the way, this is total separate there. Do you work any at all with therapy horses? You know, I work. We work real close with a therapy barn out in Hickman, Nebraska. Uh, it's the Morning Star. Um, our foundation, which is the Get It On Foundation, actually funded, uh, built the barn, helped to start the program. You know, uh, caregiving is, is sort of like that too. If you think about it, you know, you don't know this, Peter, but my mother-in-law lives with us. She's eighty-five. She has memory, some memory issues going on. Um, had her checked for, you know, Alzheimer's and things, and she does have some narrowing of the blood vessels. You know, you get the same questions over and over again. What time is Dan going to be home? What time does the dance recital start? And you'll get the same question every five minutes. And I think sometimes we just want to go, I already told you, you know, but we we don't. You know, so so caregivers, you know, but sometimes we do. Sometimes we lose it, Peter, and it's, it's sort of like how I lost <laughs> yes. it with, with Orlando, you know, and you just have to apologize and not let that get to you because you're doing the best you can. How does your mo- uh, mother-in-law deal with uh, being around the animals? Does she does she engage with them a lot? You know, she fell down and um, dislocated her shoulder. That's actually when she started coming to stay with us. And then we realized uh, more than anything that those three months, especially during the beginning of COVID, she was really declining because we didn't see her every day. We weren't super aware of that. Well, then she fell, dislocated her shoulder, and she came to live with us. And we saw that you know, maybe some food in the fridge needed to be thrown out and and uh, be oh, sort yeah. of red flag. So we said, you know what? She, she asked us, she said, can I live with you? Which had to be very brave of her to do that. That is. We, we got to go to a quick break here, Kara. Hang on, hold on the thought just a second here. We're talking with Kara Whitney. Her new book is called Fields of Grace, Sharing Faith from the Horse Farm. We'll be right back. Peter Rosenberg, he's not a preacher, but he's got great hair.
in His image, delighting in God's plan for gender and sexuality, is changing hearts and lives. It speaks directly to the power and the grace of God. It gives me hope for people that I know that are struggling. The whole idea of in His image has moved me. We actually had one gentleman contact us and he said that this film changed his mind about this issue. We had a pastor reach out to us and he said that he'd been struggling with hatred in his heart towards people in the LGBTQ community. And this film helped him to realize he needed to have compassion and show people the love of Christ. We also had this same sex attracted couple contact us. And they said, after seeing the film, they wanted to live obedient lives for Christ no matter what. And they said, please, Please pray for us. We know this is going to be hard. We've even had people come to faith in Jesus through In His Image. To find out more, visit inhisimage.movie. I'm Peter Rosenberger, and this is your Caregiver Minute. Most caregivers regularly take someone else to see a physician. But when was the last time we saw our physician? We often grow so weary of taking others to a doctor's office that the thought of going to another one or taking time off of work again, well, it's just too much. Caregiving can be daunting and relentless. Those challenges sap the desire to fix a healthy meal, much less schedule time to go to yet another doctor visit. Yet that visit can very well save a caregiver's life. Caregiving can often feel like a full contact sport, and it's hard on the body as well as the heart. Make the call. Keep the appointment for yourself as a caregiver. Doing so ensures treatment of the one body standing between your vulnerable loved one and even worse disaster, and that's yours. This has been your Caregiver Minute with Peter Rosenberger, brought to you by Standing with Hope, a ministry for the wounded and those who care for them. There's more information at standingwithhope.com. Welcome back to Hope for the Caregiver. This is Peter Rosenberger. This is the show for you as a family caregiver. You know, he does know the plans that he has for you, and we can trust him with this. And there are things that we look at that are very painful, that are that are heartbreaking. And yet, if we look deeper, we can see his hand of provision and go even deeper to that and see that he has assured us of things uh, that beyond our comprehension. And we can trust him. How do we know we can trust him? Because he stretched out his arms and he gave his life for us on the cross. That's where it all is anchored. And uh, we're grateful to have you with us. We're talking with Kara Whitney. She is the author of the new book, Fields of Grace, Sharing Faith from the Horse Farm. Kara comes from a, uh, a farming family up in Wisconsin. And she lives in Nebraska now. I just love this whole concept of what she's been doing of learning to see the things of God in the midst of taking care of a whole lot of animals. They take, she takes care of her mother-in-law. They're, they're no stranger. She and her husband, Dan, are no stranger to the difficult things in this world, and they are learning to trust God in them as well. And I think it's so important for us as caregivers to get perspective from folks who are, who are in their own spiritual journey, seeing things that God is showing. Let's get together, compare some ideas. Hey, can I learn from this? Yeah, I can. And she she talked about in the last segment what a, a barnyard horse brawl shows of our own weaknesses. And <clears throat> I was asking her about her, her mother-in-law does does because she's having you know memory issues and dementia. Is she able to engage with the farm at all? And and Kara, I'm sorry we had to cut off and go to the break, but tell me about that. Does does that connect with her? Is she able to to connect with the farm life there? Yeah, you know, um, so she, uh, when she came to live with us, she's just depressed. I mean, you, I mean, even when I've had an injury um, and you're just sitting in it, it, it can be depressing. You just feel like you're never going to dig out. And so I uh, would take her on walks. She'd go down and spend some time with my Shetland pony, Tucker, and feed him grass. And he's kind of a character anyway. So it just seemed to pepper up. I call it pony therapy. So, and I do use my animals a lot. I, yeah, I, I have uh, two little mini Highland calves that I got around December, and they required bottle feeding. And so, first, for my mother-in-law, Shirley, it was 
it was great for her to go down and help bottle feed, but then also have people come out who had had just some things going on in their life at the time, and they just needed a break from it, you know, to, to rest your mind and to just spend time with these little animals is just so so different and refreshing, right? Well, it is. There's some folks down the road. We live 10 miles from the paved road where we are. So uh, we're in a pretty rural area, and uh, some friends of ours down the road have a pretty large ranch, and they got a lot of sheep down there. And we just came through lambing season, and all these little tiny lambs, and I like to stop there, and, and Gracie will get out, and uh, Gracie lives with pain all the time. You, you, you haven't met her. Your husband's met her, but she, you haven't met her. But Gracie um, had a horrible wreck 38 years ago that left her pretty banged up, and so she's an orthopedic train wreck and she lives with a lot of pain and it's not that her pain goes away but i watch her with these lambs and and with the animals around and of course with the horses here and it it transcends it there's something that happens uh for her that transcends her pain and transcends her injuries and it's um you know churchill used to say there's nothing wrong with the inside of a man that the outside of a horse can't fix and and i love that quote I, 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 you know and yeah. will rogers said it reagan said that a lot and you know for my own journey when it when i just feel like i'm just kind of you know a little bit stressed out i go saddle up the horse and one of them sat down on me i mean he just sat down i was riding it his name is rocket and he wasn't very rocket like <laughs> that day Kara. and he just sat no. down on me and i stayed on him and i was like what the heck are you doing? <laughs> you know, and and uh, but they they come up to me and they they are just magnificent creatures of comfort to me, you know. And, and there's something about that, and I know that that that's happening for you, and that's why you've been writing. I love what you said in in unbridled faith, the, your previous book, and that you, so many things that you're learning around this, and 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 you said something about, and I just wanted to draw on this, and then tie it back to your book now, but almost every situation that produces fruit in us is one we'd rather not go through. And, and that, well, that's a, that's a great quote, Kara. There's, you know, almost every situation that produces fruit in us and we don't like these things, but we, the, when we see what God is doing in them, we're like, Oh, okay. <laughs> all right. All right. And, and you've seen this in your own life and you're able to communicate this in such a beautiful way that maybe people didn't expect Go back to the baby calves for a moment. You were mm-hmm. bottle feeding sure. so far. You, you have in this book how that teaches us the value of letting go. Talk about that a little bit. When I was a kid, of course, it was a, it was a working farm. Uh, you know, we have a farm here, but it doesn't pay our bills. You know, uh, Larry pay their bills. But, um, <laughs> you know, when I was a kid, you're, you're bottle feeding these calves. Typically, it would be uh, a spare baby, like a twin uh, the mom can't take care of both well, so I would get one and bottle feed it. Um, and then if a if a cow would come along and her baby would die for whatever reason, I mean it happened, then she would adopt one from my pen. Um, and so it was always hard because you know as a kid you get attached to these babies, um, but you know it's good. You know you you let go. It's okay to let go of good things. Um, because then that mother gets her baby. It's actually better for the calf to be raised by a cow than, than some 12-year-old kid. Um, but the other side of that, too, is that, you know, by fall, um, they would be grown enough. They'd have to go then into the feedlot. And, um, and you know, I know the fate of where those steers are going to end up at some point. But it's just the cycle of life. Sometimes you just have to let go. You know, and it's for the best, and it's hard, and um, it is what it is, right? So, well, one rancher said out here says cows have a great life and one really bad day. <laughs> I thought that was, <laughs> thought that was a pretty good. And now, do you got <laughs> you guys got dogs on this place, I assume, uh, and uh, yeah. we just got. Yeah. We just got a rescue dog. Another one, uh, our our Aussie is a little bit older, and he's starting to be pretty crippled up. And he he is her support animal. And he really takes very good care of her, but he's getting a little bit old. So we got us a rescue dog, and and she is a bundle of energy. Tell me some things you've learned about dogs through this process, because I'm I'm a we're big dog lovers out here. 
Well, the one that it comes to mind that is in the book is on the barking dog, which um, I actually only have one dog right now, and she's a rescue dog. Um, but the, the story that comes to mind is every time I get on my manure spreader, that dog barks and barks and barks, and it is so obnoxious. Like, it's just, uh, it, it literally makes the hairs on the back of my neck stand up because it's just it's frustrating. But I compare it to people who get on social media and things, and they just, uh, you know, they might say the, they might say the truth. They might say, "Look, unless you repent, uh, you are going to burn in hell." Um, but it's how they say it. It's the delivery of how they say it that just makes the hairs on the back of your neck stand up because you're like, you're not winning souls. And so you have to wonder why they say it like that. If they're thinking they're earning some points with God by being that way, but there's a gentle way to say the same thing. And also too, is it from the heart? Like, are you telling a person, you know, there is a better way. Jesus made a better way for you. And if you don't repent, then you will be separated from God. You know, it's so much easier to take than this barking at somebody and saying, you need to repent, you're a sinner, you're going to burn in hell type of a delivery when it comes to talking to somebody about Jesus. Well, I love I love that because you know, and we all know what a, a barking dog sounds like that doesn't stop. You know, a loud clanging bell, and you know, I look at what Jesus said: "Come unto me, you all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest." And he he's close to the broken heart. The Lord is near to the broken heart and the poor of spirit. And blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. These are things that he is seeing the human condition that people are broken. And we can speak into that without just yelling at them. And and I know for this audience here that listens um, to this show, it's it's we're we're watching somebody we love decline or suffer, and we don't need anybody right. yell at us. We need somebody to help us understand the gospel in that context. That yes, this is broken. Have you been Have you been watching the Chosen at all? Have you seen that? You know what? I haven't watched season two yet, but I, well, I there's watched a, season one. Well, in season two, there's a scene where, uh, and they've done a great job of casting and and writing for Jesus in this because usually they have Jesus just kind of walking around with looking white Anglo-Saxon and 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 pensive all the time. But this 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 character, when they've done this one, it is just amazing. He's very Jewish. He's very he's got a sense of humor, but he's very passionate. And he and he, one time he's looking at this guy and he says, you know. I come from a kingdom where all of this is 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 okay. It's all been there's no there's no suffering, there's no tears, there's no sorrow. But in this kingdom that we're in now, hearts break, bones break. And and so I, I think that we can be tender with this, like you said, that we don't have to just yell. We can be tender and recognize and respect the trauma that people are going through and 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 offer comfort to them you know paul says we we comfort one another with the same comfort that we ourselves have received and do you think your kids are embracing the i mean you grew up on a working cattle farm you know do you think that they're going to embrace this as they as they continue they're in their teenage years now right yeah no i don't i don't <laughs> um i think i you know i i hope they have a relationship with jesus um, and I've done everything that I can to foster that without being legalistic or overbearing. Um, but, you know, they're different people. And uh, all I'm trying to do is get them to the point where they're self-sustaining as far as, you know, they have their own life and they're going to make their own choices. But um, I think that we need to respect that as, as well as respecting that non-believers aren't believers, and so we shouldn't expect them to act that way. Um, we can only make the introduction to Jesus and hope for the best, right? Indeed, and and it's the law of attraction. And we don't know. We put the stuff in them, and we let God sort it all out. Uh, but we, we're faithful to share it. We're talking with Kara Whitney, and she is the author of Fields of Grace. We'll be right back. If you are engaging in sexual sin, Today is the day to repent. As it was corrupt in Judah, let's be honest, the same things are happening today. 
The pornography addiction amongst the body of Christ is through the roof. And by and large, many in the church are not discussing these things too often because many of the people who are entrusted with the responsibility to do so, they're bound themselves. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III on American Family Radio. This is Frank Effney, host of Secure Freedom Radio. It's your personal daily intelligence briefing about the challenges we face, how they're likely to affect you, and what we can do about them. You can find Secure Freedom Radio here every weeknight at 11 p.m. Eastern Time. Tune in to learn from our extraordinary experts what you need to know and will want to share. Join us for Secure Freedom Radio tonight at 11 Eastern, right here on AFR. The Word of God tells us many times in one way or another, fear not. Today in the world, many are very fearful, afraid of the coronavirus and other perils that are going on in our world. Psalm 91 verses 1 and 2 tells us, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him I will trust. I'm Joseph Parker, and we here at the American Family Association would like to remind you, fear not, put your trust in the Lord. We'd like to both encourage and challenge you to aggressively put your faith to work. Certainly use wisdom and insight that government and medical professionals are encouraging, but first, put your trust in the Lord. We'd like to encourage you to pray Psalm 91 daily for yourself and your family and keep your trust in Him. If you'd like to get a copy of the Psalm 91 prayer for yourself, email us here at psalm91 at afa.net. Welcome back to Hope for the Caregiver. This is Peter Rosenberger. This is the show for you as a family caregiver. We're glad that you are with us. Hopeforthecaregiver.com if you want to see more information about what we're doing and why we're doing it. How do you help a family caregiver? Why should you help a family caregiver? Because healthy caregivers make better caregivers. And if the caregiver goes down, what happens to the loved one? Those of you who listen to the show regularly, you know I, I take care of my wife. She's been hurt for a long time, since Reagan was president. If I go down, what happens to her? 80 surgeries, both legs amputated, 100 doctors have treated her. How is she going to function if I'm not in a good place spiritually, emotionally, physically, fiscally, all those kinds of things? We have a stake in staying healthy. And part of that healthiness is to glean from others who are maybe participating in things that we can't do but we can learn from them and we can borrow a little bit of their oxygen that they're able to breathe and take it into those places when we feel like we are just lonely and isolated and in the dark. We don't know what we're going and we can hear maybe the gospel in a way that we haven't heard before. It's like Kara was telling us in the last segment that she was mentoring her neighbor's child. Her own children may not listen to her, but her neighbor's child would is child swap. I think that's the new reality TV series. And uh, and sometimes we can just hear it from somebody else in a different context. Maybe it's like she said, pony therapy, uh, where she's able to take someone down, her, her mother-in-law with dementia, and let her just spend time with her pony and, and comfort her heart and so forth. But, but maybe we need pony therapy. And her new book is called Fields of Grace, and I'm so glad that she's with us. Kara, is, um, she's, she's taken her life experiences on the farm Throughout her journey with this and her love of animals and and being able to engage, I love how you keep referencing the fact that you get on the manure spreader, and yeah, <laughs> and I and I, I they say that you could tell a lot about a person by their first job, and mine was cleaning horse stalls when I was fourteen years old, and I said I'm not so sure sometimes yeah. that my job description hasn't changed, but. <laughs> But that's yeah. you know I, I've I've been there and 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 some people may say oh that's kind of gross no it's not it's not it's all good it's all good so tell me do you think do your kids enjoy the the, the farm life as much as you do no so like I said they're their own people um, my daughter uh, our daughter wants to go to New York City she wants to perform on Broadway. Um, and then my, our son wants to, uh, he's learning Japanese. He's, uh, growing uh, fluent in that. And his dream is to move to Japan. So 
probably couldn't get further from the farm than those two. Um, <laughs> but um, their lives are their own, and God has them here. You know, we're we're made to know God and to make Him known. And so, you know, I hope they stay in a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, and she can take it to Broadway, New York, and he can take it to Japan. So I can't get in the way of that. And, uh, you know, there's no money in farming. So, No, sadly, there's not. But you've, you've invested into your children. You've given them an, a, an education. You've, you've shared the things of God, shared your own life. You've modeled it in front of them. And you trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. And um, in all your right. ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. And I, and I, I hold on to that scripture in a, in a very difficult and dark time in my life. Uh, a, a mutual friend of ours gave me that verse, uh, shared with me, and I'd heard it before, but it, it just it came at such a time, and he was so gentle with it, and that was Jeff Foxworthy. And he just said that to me. Oh. I, I, I remember where I was standing. When he told me that, and and I yeah, I, I hang on to those moments, and and that, and I think that's what it is with your kids. You 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 put it in there, and you trust that they have a savior, and we're not that savior. Yeah, you know, I the, the hardest prayer you can pray for your kids isn't. No, I hope they get a good job and they have great friends. The hardest prayer, but probably the most effective prayer you can pray over your kids is whatever it takes to get them to you, Lord. And, um, man, that's uncomfortable. You know, I, I've, I'm working on a new book and one of the things I was actually writing today was what I learned in COVID is basically that I did all these things for a year to try to orchestrate my own comfort, uh, by doing that. I I realized that's an idol for me. And by doing that, I was not the hands and feet of Jesus for other people, you know, and, so I was not producing that fruit that we were talking about earlier in the show, you know, um, and, and I just want my kids to know the Lord, you know, what, whatever that takes. And, and that is, that means they're going to be uncomfortable. Do you, um, when people read this book, what, what, when they put this down, Fields of Grace, Sharing Faith with the Horse Farm, what is something that you really hope that, takes root in them that, that, that they walk away from this with the, with, with something that's, that they're hanging on to. What, what would be that thing? Well, my hope is that they'll see that talking to people about Jesus isn't as hard as they probably feel that it is. You know, it's intimidating. Um, you know, you'll go to talk about Jesus, you get all sweaty, you hope you say the right thing, but Jesus is just calling us to make an introduction. So we don't have saving power. Pressure's off there. Uh, but we can make the introduction. And it looks differently depending on who you're talking to. It's all relational. And isn't that what caregivers do? It's this uh, this relationship, you know. Um, well, you can't fix your sometimes. mother's your mother-in-law's dementia. I can't fix yeah. Gracie. But we can be in relationship with them. And I love that. Yeah, you're exactly right. Yeah, and, and you know, too, you know, marriage, uh, you know, what's the best way I can tell my husband how much I love him? I can take care of his mom, you know, so I I can do this. Um, it, I work to the point right now, Shirley's so easy. She's great. She actually helps me out. I give her jobs. She feels so useful here. It's been wonderful for the kids. So it's been just wonderful. And, you know, you have to see the bright spots in it, and also the hope we have as followers of Jesus Christ, that everything here, the hard things, they're going to be redeemed on the other side. You know, we're you're going to see Gracie walk. She's probably going to outrun you. You know, like all those things that we've lost, those things will be redeemed on the other side, and that's the hope we have, and it's so amazing. She was at the grocery store one time, and she started wearing her legs uncovered years ago because it was just she wanted to get in the water and so forth with them, and uh, and that's a longer story. But she was she was wearing shorts, and she has you know robotic looking legs, and some kid was just following her around the grocery store, <laughs> and uh, she, Gracie can't walk as well now as she used to, not because of her legs, because of her back, and we're dealing with that reality. But it's um, 
she was just following around, just looking at her, just looking. And finally, and Grace was trying to just kind of move away, move away. And finally, the little kid just tugged at her at her sleeves. He said, "Are your legs in heaven?" And and Grace said, "Yes, they are. And one day I'm going to get them back." And I thought, "That's a yeah. that is that is our hope in the gospel, knowing that you know He is redeeming all of these things." And there are glimmers of that redemption that we see every day around us, and I think that it's so marvelous that you see it. What is what is some, what is something else that you want to just leave this audience? I mean, the people that that, that listen to this show, and, and the people that I'm engaged with, they have to watch heartache, heartache on a level for some that is just excruciating. And I, I just, when I saw your book and in your story, and I just knew that you, you're out there breathing some fresh air, even on a manure spreader. And, okay. and, and some of the things that you can, the insights, they, we may not have been able to see, and we may not be able to touch. And a lot of times I had to go out and bring sunshine back into a hospital room with Gracie. And, and that's the way caregivers are sometimes, is that what, that's what we have to do. Jeff told me when I started doing the show, he said, Peter, make them laugh. You know more than most how important it is. And and so yeah. we've tried to do that to bring some a lightheartedness, some some encouragement, some fresh air. What are some things that you would just like to just de- deposit for someone right now who, who you know is looking at some tough stuff? I'd say find those those moments and journal about them. What are my friends started journaling things? Uh, and actually have been, has been able to look back at, at some of these good things that maybe don't last. They're going to come and go, but, you know, it's almost like they tease us and go away, but they're glimpses of heaven. So, you know, the heaven and the new earth, they're going to be this place where these moments are going to last. They're going to be deeply fulfilling. Um, and it's going to be everything that we're longing for. Right and 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 more. I mean, we just know because God gives in abundance, you know. Um, so, you know, maybe journaling is something. You know, in my writing, uh, that's how I started. I didn't set out to be an author or anything like that. I just started writing down what I was discovering about God and His character, and 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 then I would share them on social media, and someone just asked me if I would correlate those with horses, and I was able to do that, because that's where I was learning the lessons, um, what the, the horses, what God was revealing to me through the horses. And and so when I go back and, and you know, look at these books or whatever, um, some of it I go, well, I've moved past this part, um, or I just look at it differently. And sometimes I'm like, it's just a good reminder of what I've been through. And how and, and the goodness is in it. Because when you read these chapters, Peter, usually it's me learning a hard lesson in them. So it's really refreshing to see that worked out. So journaling, I think, is a, it's not just for chicks, right? It's um, <laughs> my friend who journals as a guy. I mean, I think people think that's for, for the ladies. But um, I think you'd be surprised no, no, if you I... journal how much goodness you see in that. Well, and journaling doesn't have to be dear diary kind of thing. Journaling can be just writing down Correct. a thought that you have and keeping it to reflect back on. I've got a, uh, um, a things like that little post-it notes that I've got around my office uh, with that kind of thing. And and um, and and for me, one day I, I was there was a hymn, "Praise Ye the Lord, the Almighty," um, and there's a line in there that says, "Ponder anew what the Almighty can do." And I put that on a post-it note, and that is on the doorpost of my office when I go in. And I'm never taking it down. And Gracie actually made a beautiful thing for me uh, that I hang on the wall of that phrase, ponder anew what the Almighty can do. And I think that's what journaling gives you a, a chance to do. We've got to take one more break, and we're back here with Kara Whitney, the author of the new book, Fields of Grace. Fields of Grace, sharing faith from the horse farm. And I really appreciate her taking the time just to spend spend a little time with me to talk about this. So it, it builds up my heart, and I hope it's building up your heart as well, of strengthening us so that we can share our faith. We can discover greater faith, even in the midst of these difficult things. And we can see God's hand moving all around us. And I've got something else I want to ask when we come back. We'll be right back. 
Have you ever struggled to trust God when lousy things happen to you? I'm Gracie Rosenberger, and in 1983, I experienced a horrific car accident leading to 80 surgeries and both legs amputated. I questioned why God allowed something so brutal to happen to me, but over time, my questions changed, and I discovered courage to trust God. That understanding, along with an appreciation for quality prosthetic limbs, led me to establish Standing with Hope. For more than a dozen years, we've been working with the government of Ghana and West Africa, equipping and training local workers to build and maintain quality prosthetic limbs for their own people. On a regular basis, we purchase and ship equipment and supplies, and with the help of inmates in a Tennessee prison, we also recycle parts from donated limbs. All of this is to point others to Christ, the source of my hope and strength. Please visit StandingWithHope.com to learn more and participate in lifting others up. That's StandingWithHope.com. I'm Gracie, and I am Standing With Hope. Financial responsibility is a necessary life skill that even most adults haven't mastered, which is why it's so important to start teaching our teens at an early age. Hi, I'm Mark Gregston with Parenting Today's Teens. Teens desperately need to learn how to manage their money, and that's where mom and dad come in. For example, at age 13, have your teen begin to manage a checking account and pay for minor expenses out of a weekly allowance. At 15, encourage them to do some babysitting or mow a neighbor's lawn. And when they start driving, make them pay for gas and insurance with the money they earn from a weekend job. By the time they're adults, they'll be well prepared to manage their finances wisely and responsibly. And start teaching your teen how to manage money. Want more help from Mark Gregston? Check out his latest resources online at parentingtodaysteens.org. I am editor-in-chief of onenewsnow.com. Jody Brown. We want to get news to folks who are tired of getting news that's written from an anti-God viewpoint. What people are going to see is news that is written from a biblical perspective by people who love the Lord. We would invite folks to give us a try. We know there's a lot of news sources out there. There are a lot of news websites. Come visit us at onenewsnow.com. back to Hope for the Caregiver. This is Peter Rosenberger. This is the show for you as a family caregiver. That is my wife, Gracie, with Russ Taff off of her new CD, Resilient. If you want a copy of that, go out to hopeforthecaregiver.com. You get involved in what we're doing, we'll send you a copy of that. It's our gift to you. Uh, I think you'll be very moved by it. She's uh, she's the real deal and uh, a no-kidding singer, and I love listening to that voice. Even during some of the very difficult times we've had to go, and there were times I would go into a hospital room and and she was struggling so intensely. And she would just sing a hymn, just, Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him, how I've proved him over and over. Tis so, you know, and, and, and oh, for great. And she would say, oh, for Gracie to trust him more, not just oh, for Grace to trust, oh, for Gracie to trust him more. And uh, I've always been quite moved by, by her enormous faith and uh, her passion to worship God in the midst of her difficult times. We're talking with Kara Whitney. And her new book, Fields of Grace, and 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 I wanted to circle back to a previous book that she had called Unbridled Faith. She has learned so many lessons just being around horses and 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 the farm. I mean, that's I, I see that myself out here where we are in Montana, and all creation cries out to the glory of God. Uh, scripture says, but she said something. In, in Unbridled Faith, it connected what she said in the last segment. And I want to just spend a little time with this before we let her go. When God teaches us patience through trials, now we're caregivers, okay? We need, everybody's paying attention with this, okay? When God teaches us patience through trials, it feels like we're running in circles in a round pin. However, God does not corral us to be cruel. He holds us in place to teach us to walk in his ways, not to stray, and to trust in him. We're not putting horses in corrals to be cruel, but we're helping teach them. And you know what? That's the way it is with us sometimes. And it seems like that we're just in a tiny pen and we're going around in circles. But that's not the case. Talk about that a little bit, Kara. 
Well, um, the waiting, the not knowing. Um, I believe that when I wrote that, uh, I was going through some health struggles of my own. And, you know, you take a couple steps forward and you, you see, like, a bright spot. I wouldn't say you see the end of the tunnel, but you, you get that bright spot. But then you have to take four steps back. Um, and man, I, in that time period, I was so dependent on God. I, my ears were both open. It was like, I just was so dependent on him so much so that I didn't ask him to take it away because I was so worried that if he did, um, that I wouldn't hear from him anymore. So that's how well I was trained up in that. Um, and then I watched uh, um, somebody talking about going through brain cancer. And essentially a nurse came in and said to him, because he was, he was like me, um, you know, when God has given you so much, you don't want to ask for more. But this nurse said to this man, she said, but yes, if you're, if your children were hurting, wouldn't you want them to come to you and tell you to take it away? And so I did eventually ask God to take it away. And you know what? He did, um, for the most part. At least we figured out what was going on. And, uh, it, but it was just, a, it was, I was in that round pen for a while. And sometimes uh, on this earth, we may not get out of it. Um, it's just kind of a, a strange, um, I don't know. There's so much to unpack there, right, Peter? Well, I think uh, but that to be I think completely that we, we have dependent this, on God. Well, I, I love what you said there. You use the word, and I think it's an intentional word we need to to look at. We we think God is cruel, and I've watched God yeah. allow Gracie to suffer in ways that I just I've, I've never seen another human being suffer like this for so long. And I think, gosh, this, this, God, are you being cruel? And I was, I was looking at Psalm 77 the other day. God, have you forgotten to be gracious, the psalmist says. Right. And, and I realized that, no, he has, because the psalmist goes back and answers. He said, I remember what you've done of old. And I go back to that hymn, Oh God, our help in ages past, our hope for years to come. And, and, and even Jesus from the cross cried out, my God, my God, have you, you know, why have you forgotten me? And and I think that wells yeah. up in us, and it's okay to yell that out. It's okay to lament that. He but wants what, us to yell that out. He does, because he yelled he it out. He wants to hear from us. Yeah, he wants to hear from us. He wants us to cry out. He wants us dependent. And, you know, he doesn't do these things to us. Uh, he can't be cruel. Um, it's just not his character. He is good. He's loved. Um, there are actually things God can't do. He can't go back on his promises. He can't lie to us. Everything he says is, is true. He's so good. Um, but with that being said, we know that he's powerful enough to get us out of it. But he chooses not to do that sometimes. And, but, and I think it's okay. Peter, cry out. Say why. Um, well, but at I, the we same do. Time, yeah. At the same time, though... Um, the benefit of that is that you you know he's there. You know that that he that he's he's got this situation. Whereas you know some some people have have nothing going on in their life, and there's nothing to cry out for. And you have to wonder what part does Satan have in that. Because if you're going about your life and everything is great, why would you think you needed God, right? It wasn't until I had these health struggles. My biggest thing was trusting God, that the thought that I was in control of everything. And when I, if something came into my life that I was not in control of, I had no choice but to say, you know what, I'm not in control. I'm aware of that now. And how about you take this from me? And by the way, in it, I'm going to bring glory to you, Lord, because now I understand that however this health crisis turns out, and at that time in my life, it was looking like cancer. So I said, if that is your will, then I will bring glory to you in that storm. And that was when I really connected my faith to my heart, because up until that point, it was like my brain believed. 
because I studied the resurrection. I found out to be true. I was like, okay, but I could not make an emotional connection to Jesus without him putting me on the ground with something that was completely out of my control. Well, I heard a great quote that says, uh, from a pastor friend of mine, says it's difficult to cry out to a Savior that you don't think you need. And that's that's where suffering becomes a teacher for us, and it is painful, and sometimes it lasts for a lifetime. And in our case, it's it's that way. And so many of the listeners of this show are dealing with this, where this will go on and on and on and doesn't show any signs of letting up. How do we speak that gospel into it? And I think this is where we do it by, by having a forum like we're having in this show, where we come together and we listen to each other. And as each other's cry out that we stand with each other and we mourn with those who mourn, we grieve with those who grieve, and we build each other up through that. We comfort one another with the same comfort that we ourselves have received from the God of all comfort. And and that is a, a driving uh, scripture for me is to understand that people have spoken that comfort into my life over these many years and to Gracie's life. And we have the opportunity to do the same thing. Kara the same way you, you, you know, people have somebody spoke this word of comfort to you. Somebody spoke this life to you and, and you're reciprocating it now with the same uh, passion and zeal uh, that you were able to receive it, and so it's it's a beautiful thing, and this is a this is a beautiful book, and it's it, and what you've done, and 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 the series of things that you've been writing about. If people want to find out more, I mean, the book is available now, right? Yeah, the book's out. Uh, both books are out. There's also a, a kids' version of Unbridled or of uh, yeah, Unbridled Faith. Fields of Grace is the the new one. Uh, Amazon, anywhere books are sold. Do you and if people want to find out more about you, what's the, what's the best way to do that? You know what, Peter? I there isn't. I mean, <laughs> there, there's not. I don't. <laughs> this isn't a career for me. I don't look to find glory for myself. My main mission is to bring glory to Jesus. That's it. So that, book, I love that. Uh, I, it might be a little blurb in there or something, uh, but I can tell you, I live in Nebraska. I'm married, couple kids, and. Man, I just love Jesus. I'm I'm so in love with him. I think that's just marvelous. All right, now look, I'm going to do something I don't normally do, but I want to see how good my invitation is of Larry. Do you right, feel like judging? Do you do you feel like do judging? You want, you want to know something funny? What's Dan that? actually, uh, just to be funny, got into a Larry the Cable Guy lookalike contest and took third place. <laughs> So. <laughs> uh, I, I saw I saw a guy at the grocery store out where we are, and he was walking to the store. And I said, I actually texted this to Jeff, and because it, it looked so much like him, I mean the, the the torn off sleeves, the whole thing. I mean it was like, dang, I had no idea he was out here. <laughs> so, but I was I um, all right. Let's see if I do this. This book feels a great. It's a good book. I tell you, it's a good book. I, I don't read much, but it's a good book. <laughs> Get her done, but it no. That's the best I got. I can, I think I'd actually do Jeff better. Than uh, I could the do get because her done, I, the get her done. I could I could maybe, but yeah, it's pretty weak, Peter. Well, <laughs> I could I do know that I could say there was a man with no legs selling boots <laughs> because that one was forever blazing <laughs> on us when Gracie did the show with him and. Uh, uh, and I, I could do Jeff when I need to. Uh, Jeff did a thing one time. He and I did a, a PSA, and we on the outtakes of it, we were doing. You might be a caregiver if, and he said, um, and he just busted me up. He says, "If anybody's ever seriously asked you, baby, have you seen my left leg? You're probably." <laughs> and I just, I <laughs> fell out laughing. So even Gra- Gracie just fell out on that one too. Kara, you've been a delight, and I want you to know how much I appreciate you. it. You're always welcome. And um, just have a great time up on the manure spreader or whatever else you're doing around the we'll farm. Do it. Keep telling people about Jesus and thank you for being a part of the show. This is Hope for the Caregiver, hopeforthecaregiver.com. Peter Rosenberger, we'll see you next time.